0: Hey folks, welcome to the latest edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. Jack Clifton behind the mic to keep you updated with everything that's happening in the life of our church. It's been a few weeks uh, with a bit of sickness and uh, being away and different things since we've done the Shire Salvos podcast, but thanks uh, so much uh, for tuning in to this week's episode. We're going to play you the sermon from Mark Soper from Sunday's church service and also uh, keep you updated with different things happening uh, in the life of our church. As always, you can get in contact with us here at the Shire Salvos podcast, you can contact the church office office uh, but you can also contact me directly jack.clifton at live.com.au any feedback or any uh, questions have about anything that is uh, played in uh, in the podcast episode be uh, be great to uh, hear your feedback and uh, give you any information that you do need but let's uh, jump into the latest news and different things happening around the church here on the Shire Salvos podcast. So lots to be uh, thankful for and lots to uh, to remember uh, the, uh, of different things that are happening um, at the church. One uh, exciting thing that's happening is happening on the 3rd of June this year. Uh, our church will be celebrating 30 years since the opening of the hall at Menai. So this will be an event organized on the day uh, with finger food from 12.30 finishing off with speeches honouring those who have joined us for the journey over the years uh, with inviting all past and present members of the church family to attend and there is a save the date attached uh, with the details so an invitation with the RSVP will be sent out closer to the date so uh, Saturday June the 3rd from 1230 uh, if you're interested or you know any other past members um, who may be interested uh, then please email their details to Lynn McComb and uh, so Lynn's details are lynnmccomb at iinet.net.au that's McComb at irnet.net.au for any more information uh, in regards to that. Our church is is also running each and every week here uh, at Menai, so at 11 Pilliger Place, um, 9.30am is our church service there if you need to to be aware of uh, what is happening with our weekly service. There's not much else happening in life of our church, but as always, uh, stick close to the Shire Salvos Facebook page, And uh, yeah, there's going to be different bits of information punched up on there. And also uh, for uh, your emails, uh, a weekly update coming each and every week, courtesy of the church office. Well, time for us to play the sermon for this week on the Shire Salvos podcast. We hear from Mark Soper uh, from Sunday's church service, and then we're back here to wrap everything up here on the Shire Salvos podcast. Welcome, everyone.
1: Um, What a challenging reading. What a challenging reading. You want, before I, um, we're on our third week of A Generous Life series, and I would assume that everyone in here wants to live a generous life. Would you agree? And no show of hands. Oh, yeah, a couple of show of hands. Yeah. Uh, but most people want to live a generous life. And um, I want to, before we start today, sometimes we realize just how far we've got to go sometimes. Would you agree? And I also want to, uh, just to unpack, I don't really unpack, but just to make a statement, is that we have a loving Father who graciously wants to love us into being more generous. He doesn't want to come with an iron stick and say, you're not being generous, you're being selfish there. So when God, I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal some selfish things just through his prompting saying, you know, you could probably be, do better, but he's wanting to love you into being better. And I'll just show you how I I did that. So when I read this passage, I I originally went, oh, those Pharisees. They're hopeless, aren't they, those Pharisees? So selfish and always putting themselves forward. Anyone think like that? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit in a loving way. Started to remind me all the ways that I'm like a Pharisee, and I, I don't know if I liked it. So I said, after a couple, I said, "Stop, Holy Spirit," you know. And um, and then one of them was pre-COVID. He said, uh, pre-COVID, I'm like those Pharisees always sitting at the, the, the prime places um, at the table. And what would happen back in the day when you would have a hoe when you would host people, the Pharisees would just invite the most important people, and they would always be in the most prominent positions in the house, in in, in the guest. And so obviously they had put themselves in the, the most distinguished places. And I can guarantee Jesus wouldn't have been in one of those places. And um, so he was just reminding me, the Holy Spirit was reminding me, it's amazing when we reflect on our life. And he says, oh, Mark, that's a little bit like a little bit like you. And I, and I was like, oh, okay. And then he reminded me of a time, this is pre-COVID, um, a pastor made of mine, he goes, I'm running this really large conference. We've got this great speaker from America. You should bring some yourself and some of the youth leaders and you should come. And I said, yeah, no worries. And um, I said, oh, do want anything? No, 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 it's free. You don't have to pay. You just rock up. I said, okay. So everyone's like got their passes lining up and there was the guest, you know, area. So we walked through in the guest area and they said, oh, yep, your names are on the list. Yep, you've got a couple of young guys with you. Yep, come through. And we walked past everyone else. We're walking past. Everyone's in the nosebleed and we're sitting front row right up to the left. You know, the bless zone right here. This is the blessed zone. Um, and we're sitting there, and we're thinking, oh, how good is this? And we get our notepads out, and we're thinking, well, we're super holy. We're taking notes, and this guy's speaking, and we're thinking, I'm thinking, we need to get treated a bit more like this these days, you know? Like, a bit of, bit, of, bit of love. Normally what happens in the salvos, they ask me to go to a, a youth weekend away. I drive five hours, spend the whole weekend. I get lucky to get a box of chocolates, and see you later. You can drive five hours home. Um, so there's... there's there, there, there. Not, that, not that I'm still holding on to some of that stuff, but... Um, <laughs> But I believe there's a place to honour those who honour Him, right? But this time, I was thinking, this is great, finally. Finally, it's, it's you know. My and then, the, then afterwards, even better. I mean, salvos wouldn't even know what the green room is, right? But afterwards, they come and invite me. and so, say, oh, Mark, we've got the green room. And we get up to the green room. And there's like interns coming around and they're going, oh, what drinks would you like? There was, oh, cappuccinos, whatever. No alcohol for you two young fellas, okay? So they were, you know, every, and, and they had hors d'oeuvres and, and, um, and all this beautiful food. Good food, right? Good food. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, I said to the two young fellas who I was with, I said, mate, don't get used to this. This doesn't normally happen. But you know what? After about 10 minutes, I got really uncomfortable. And I was like, I wonder where Jesus would be. And so we left. And then um, the Holy Spirit says, Oh, Mark, I'm not finished with you yet. He goes, hey, What about you at Christmas time? I said, What do you mean? You know, like this is, you know, talking to the third person, but it's just like Christmas time. He goes, You give gifts to people who give gifts to you. That's all you guys do at Christmas. He goes, you just give gifts you go to the family and we give a gift to them and they get a gift to us and we give a gift to them and they give a gift to us. I mean, we might as well just give each other money or not. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was just like, Mark, in society, we start to live like Pharisees. It's actually just about us. And I was like, oh, okay, no more Holy Spirit. I'm just going to get stuck into this sermon. Um, But I felt like God was just reminding me that there's a little bit of a Pharisee there's a little bit of selfishness in all of us. And we need to tame that, that selfish side, that little bit of Pharisee. We need to push that down. And we actually need to live more like Jesus. See, and I've titled this message, Your Mo- Motive Matters. Your Motive Matters. And It'll come up on the screen and say, Your Motive Matters. And, 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 and I think one of the things that we need to strive to do, and we'll unpack this towards the end, is, Realize that our motives matters, something from the inside. And and I believe that when we start to address our motives, we start to live generous lives. And see, selfishness destroys the pursuit of living generously. Selfishness destroys the pursuit of living generously. And if you think about that, everyone at times has a little bit of Pharisee, a little bit of selfishness in them. And you would agree, wouldn't you? And don't ask God to reveal too many because you'll be there for a while, hey? <laughs> um, but I want to just unpack in this particular passage where Jesus is invited by Pharisees to have a meal with them. That's, that's the set we, we have here. And and I want to look at some kingdom principles that we can unpack and get from that. So kingdom principles for living a generous life. Kingdom principles for living a generous life. So all those note takers, if you want to write that down, that will be great. Um, but first one is this, be constantly aware that Jesus knows your motive and actions. Think about that. Be constantly aware that Jesus knows your motives and actions. And they can be good and maybe not so good. Someone put it to me this way, pretend your grandma's watching everything you do and they know what you think. i to go, oh, that'd be a bit scary, wouldn't they? And see, in the first part of the, we, we just skimmed over it. In the first verse, where it says they invited him to the dinner, and everyone was watching Jesus. It was a test, and Jesus knew the heart. He knew that they didn't really they didn't want to have Jesus at the table. They wanted to test Jesus to see what he would do. They were watching him. They were watching him. Where would Jesus put him? Place at the table. Well, I don't even need to know, but I know that he wouldn't have been in the most prestigious place. He would have been a servant. And I also know that normally at a Pharisee's table, you wouldn't have any sick people walking around. And there was a guy, a sick guy, and he had dropsy. And that's a form of um, uh, swelling of the body. And you'll see this in sometimes third world countries where people are starving, you know, Little, little kids who haven't been able to eat and they're malnourished, and they've got like a big belly on them or and sometimes it's caused by um, a failure of the kidney or heart and, and so their skin, something happens and their skin starts to swell. The very fact that there was a sick guy at a Pharisee's house wouldn't norm- and having dinner wouldn't normally happen. They brought this sick guy to test Jesus. And that's what the commoners would all agree. This was a test. And they're thinking, Jesus, what are you going to do on the Sabbath? where well, you're not supposed to do anything. And so Jesus heals the man. And then he knows their motive and he challenges them. And he starts saying, what would happen, you know, if one of your animals or your son fell in a well. And some of these um, wells, that was quite common for people to fall into that. And it was permissible that on the Sabbath, if, if your animal or your son fell in the well, you would go and do it. He knew their heart. And I think if we want to live a generous life, we need to be constantly aware that Jesus knows our motives and actions. In Proverbs 15, 3, it says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. In Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14, God will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing, whether it is good or whether he's evil. And I love in um, John 12, 43, and it says this, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And so what happened is some Jewish leaders discovered, believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They believed that it was true. But get this, they kept quiet and they didn't want to say that publicly because they wanted to keep their position in the synagogue. And they would sit right up the front, and they didn't want to lose their position in the synagogue, so they kept quiet. And I think sometimes in society, I teach this with my kids. He's like, you know, there's always coming home, and then there's always a couple of girls in the year that are a bit like nasty or feisty and whatever and I say to Lauren oh that's a good thing Lauren because they've got to realize that not everyone's warm and fuzzy in the real world I have, everyone needs a couple of cruel people in their life I know that sounds really slack but I was just trying to you know that thing. I said you know I said but we don't want to be surrounded by them. but but having some some people in our lives that because it it sort of can mold and shape us it actually gives us an opportunity to grow and um so in this I'm thinking you know what God, you are so beautiful that you know our motives and you know our actions, yet you love us into being more like you. So kingdom principles for living a generous life. Be constantly aware that Jesus knows your motive and actions. The second thing is this, be willing to be inconvenienced. Be willing to be inconvenienced. And this is something that I'm learning all the time. It's not convenient to be generous. Think about that. It's It's never convenient to give away your time, to give away your resources, to be generous to someone else about their agenda, not necessarily your agenda. Would you agree? It's one of the most difficult things. And see, he knew that the Pharisees didn't want to be inconvenienced and they used the law not to help people. How wicked is that? They used, and, but, but Jesus knew their heart. He knew what they were about. And what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, there is no excuse not to help someone if it's in your power to do so. It's no excuse not to help someone if it's in your power to do so. And I love this. In the commentary, one of the lines came out, Jesus never refused anyone's invitation of hospitality. Think about that. Jesus never refused. He went to dinner with heaps of people. He went to dinner with the Pharisees. He went to dinner with some fishermen. He went to dinner with some tax collectors. What he was saying is, I welcome all people from all walks of life. And you know what? I love that I follow a Jesus like that. They can hang out with the elites, but can hang out with the people in the lowest Side of society. Do you think that's an amazing thing that we get to follow a Jesus like that, so grounded? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And today we we use excuses like this, and I've used them plenty of times. I'm too busy. And my wife um, shared this at the young adults' camp that we're at last week. She says the urgent has taken over the most important things. The urgent has taken over the most important things. Or we say they caused this from their bad choices. So what we do is, and you're probably right, they have made bad choices. But what we do, we start to make excuses not to help people. Oh, they caused it. So I'm not going to help them. That's their stuff. Or we use excuses like this. I'm just setting good boundaries. Now, I'm all for good boundaries. I think we need to be careful about, careful about our boundaries. And, but I think we've got to be very careful about putting boundaries in that limit us from actually going out and serving more people. And and I suppose in that sense, or and understanding that incon- inconven- we're always going to be inconvenienced and it's always going to be costly to help someone else to be generous. And I think we just need to be careful about the whole boundaries. And so I ha- I've had the same phone number since I was 18. And early this morning, I've got some guy that I know that I've tried to help this week and we've organized him to go down and see Dave and get some food and... I've been journeying with this guy for years. But early in the morning, 7.30, my phone rings. But today, I didn't pick it up. I was preparing for today's message. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But this afternoon, I'll call this guy back. And so constantly, you'll have to be putting boundaries about when and when you may not extend that, that, that hand of, um, of need straight away. But we need to constantly be aware, constantly be aware that being generous will be inconvenience. We will be inconvenienced. The third thing is humility is needed. Humility is needed. Um, humility helps unlock a generous life. I like In verse 11, it says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In Matthew 20, it says, Whoever wants to become great among you should be a servant. And it's very hard at times to be humble in society today because we want to be recognized. Everyone wants to be recognized. But I'll share something. The most important person is, is with us and he is watching. And you are recognized. He sees you. He sees the little things that no one else sees, the good things that you do, the kindness that you show, the grace that you show. He sees it and he will reward it in due time. You know, I'm very, um, I love being part of the salvation army. Frustrated at times, but I love being part of the salvation army. But I love that we have um, a a commissioner, Miriam Glewis, a bit of a hero of mine. And she's one of the most humble leaders I have ever met. You know, um, most people, when they're commissioned or they have a big ordination or something significant happens, you normally have it in a nice, big, grand place. Would you agree? Most commissioners would, would um, get commissioned in, like, one of the biggest core or churches with, with the biggest spaces, the nicest facilities. We want to make it comfortable for everyone. And it's, and normally, it's for the middle class. Do you know Miriam got commissioned at 614 in the heart of the city a place where the homeless, the vulnerable, the oppressed, people who come for clothes, people who are addicted by drugs. She got, had her commissioning at 614. And you know what? She was saying in a roundabout way, looking in, everyone is welcome at the table. And she was saying, my leadership will be out of being humble and I want to lead in a place that everyone is welcome and everyone is valued. She could have had it in the nicest place. She could have had a green room. I don't think she, I don't, she does, does roll around in green rooms. But, um, but do you understand what I'm saying? Humility is needed for us to live a generous life. And the last point is this, and this is a, a kingdom principle and it's something that really spoke to me as I read the passage today. Know that you don't get paid twice for generosity know that you don't get paid twice. You either get your applause from men now and the world now, or you get your reward from Jesus in eternity. And you might get some recognition from doing selfless acts, and that's great, you're not looking for it, and that's fine too but you don't get paid twice. And see what was happening here, the Pharisees would continually do things in public places to make themselves look good. And a simple example would be this. They would go down at the synagogue and they would put a large amount of money, let everyone know how much they've put in. And they would put in the synagogue and they'd go out and there'd be beggars and lepers and people all this, and they wouldn't even give them time of day. And he knew it. He knew it. And what he was saying to them is you don't get paid twice. It says in Matthew 6, 1 to 2, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, not to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven that you have received their reward in full. You Receive your reward in full. But then also on the other hand, I don't want you to think that you can do good acts and you don't have to, like if you feel, if it's going to encourage someone else, if it's going to motivate someone else, sharing some of the stories is not a bad thing. My mum said to me when I was at Hurstville, the youth pastor at Hurstville and I just started uh, um, preaching a couple of times and she says, Mark, one lesson I'll tell you about preaching. Don't be the hero of the story. Jesus is the hero. And if you make him the hero, you'll preach well. Jesus is the hero of the story. But you know that? I love sharing good things with my parents. I think they're my biggest champions. And so I'll I'll share them with the good things that happen and all this stuff. And I don't do it for any other reason. I know it pleases them and encourages them. It's not about self-promotion. So I suppose God knows your motives. Know that you don't get paid twice. Now after sharing all this stuff, how hard is it to live generously in this world? How hard is it? On a scale of 1 to 10, being super selfless, living generously, focusing on other people and giving back to them and being known as a generous person. How hard is it? Come on. Anyone? Pretty hard. Pretty hard. You would say sometimes near impossible to live like Jesus. Would you agree? Without pure motives, it's impossible to live generously like Jesus. Without pure motives, it's impossible to live generously like Jesus. Motives can only change from the inside out. Without pure motives, it's impossible to live. And I love the, the verse in Ezekiel 36, 26. And it says this, And I will give you a new heart, a new spirit. I will put it within you. And I'll remove the heart of, of stone from, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. In Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And I suppose today I just want to share this with you is that I believe that God is wants to raise up a generation of Christians amongst in Australia who are going to be so generous that the world wants to know what they've got. But it will be impossible just to try to be generous, just to be just out of our own will. But I believe if when we focus on the Holy Spirit, we focus on Jesus, I believe that we can live more, more generous and joyful lives. And it is more blessed to give than receive. And I can tell you this, when we start to give and live generously, we come alive more than we ever have. Because inbuilt in us, the DNA that when when God created the heavens, And the earth, in us, he gave us something that would fulfill us, and it's to focus on God and to focus on others. And when we live that out, when we live generously, something happens. There's a joy that comes. There's a fulfillment that comes. There's there's a strength that comes when we start to live that out. And right now, we're just going to have a time to be still. And I'm going to ask you two questions. Two questions. And I'll come up on the screen in a second. Is there anything you need or I need to get right this morning? And right now, as we've been sharing, you've probably thought, oh, man, there's a couple of things oh, I could probably do better. We're just going to f- have the first two minutes of, um, we're just going to, keys are going to play, and you're just going to close your eyes, and, and you're just going to say, okay, Lord, is there anything that you want me to get right this morning? And it can simply say, It could be a bit of repentance. It could be saying, I'm sorry. Or it could be acknowledgement that you want to live more generous. And then afterwards, the question is, how am I going to continue to keep my focus on Jesus in order to help me live a more generous life? Because if our eyes aren't on Him, it'll be very hard for us to live generously. So I want to invite you to close your eyes and ask yourself the first question. Is there anything I need to get right this morning so that I could live more generously? And still with your eyes closed, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray that God always gives us a fresh start. I'm gonna just pray that that God's grace would just flow over us each understanding that we we come up short sometimes with what we want. I'm gonna pray that God's grace, his encouragement would just overflow in, to encourage you to do better knowing that we could do better we all can do better but He wants to love you into doing better and living more generously. God, we thank You that You are an amazing, generous God. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your forgiveness. We thank You that You are a God who, who is so generous, it's off the charts. We can't even comprehend it. And I pray today that every single person here today would be encouraged to do better, to love people like You, to be more generous, more gracious, more kind, to be inconvenienced at times. To be humble in how they serve people. To want to store treasure in heaven, not here on earth. And that we would just be so aware that you see us and you're encouraging us to be better. And I pray, I I ask for myself, God, I pray for your forgiveness. For when I have been selfish and when I have made life about me. And I pray that you would help me and our church continue to be better for those we serve. In all God's people said, Amen. And it still as a part of the response, we're going to do, um, we're going to sing a song. Great are you, Lord. And I want it to be a bit of an anthem today because one of the things it says in Scripture in Philippians 4.8 says, focus on what is pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy. Think about such things. And see, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And when we focus on Jesus, on how good He is, how generous He is, how loving He is, we start to reflect it. We start to live it. And so as we sing this today, I want it to be our testimony. Great are you, Lord. And as we focus on His greatness and His goodness, may we reflect His greatness in how we live our lives and how generous we are to the community in which we live.
0: Oh, it's great to have Mark preaching the word to us and hope you were able to get something out of the podcast episode this week. We'll be back next Monday afternoon for more of the same here on the Shire Salvos podcast. But until then, stay safe, God bless, and we'll catch you next week.